verses 3 through 6. It says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And the Full Life Study Bible makes a comment on these scriptures. It says, John was contending against a misunderstanding of the doctrine of grace and salvation. And that's what the church is really battling with today in herself, in the Christians. Those that claim to be in Christ yet aren't walking as Jesus did. He opposed these teachers who taught that forsaking a sinful life was optional for the believer. They declared that one can legitimately claim to know God in a saving relationship and at the same time be indifferent to God's will and his commands. Those who make such a claim, John states, are liars and do not have God's truth in them. The attempt to be justified through faith in Christ without a commitment to walk as Jesus did is doomed to failure. That's why this whole series is be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little mouth what you say, be careful little ears what you, be careful what you think, be careful what you do, be careful, be careful, be careful to walk as Jesus did. So the first week we, we focused on the mouth, say what Jesus says, that it's in the power, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So the key point was, if you eat what you speak, be careful that you're speaking life. You eat what you speak, whether it's life or death, you speak it. So be careful, little mouth, what you speak. Speak life over yourself, speak life over others. Last week we focused on the mind, thinking as Jesus would think. Our key point was, what you think is what you believe. So be careful, even lazy thoughts are as dangerous as negative thoughts. So set your mind to think from the mind of Christ. We've been given the mind of Christ. So why would we not think from it? Think from the mind of Christ and don't allow any thought to go through your mind that isn't obedient to Christ. And I like that, that, you know, he said, take it captive, you know, like that disobedient dog and stick his nose right at the foot of the cross, make it obedient. If that can't line up with the word of God, you're out of here. I'm not even going to entertain that. And I, and I re really focused on challenging those, those long-time beliefs or those um, idle words even. You know, the Lord blesses those who, you know, take care of them or whatever, you know, some of those old grandma sayings. It's like, is that even the word? You know, challenge those things. Don't let those negative, you know, have you ever prayed with somebody or for somebody? And you do, Lord, if it's your will to heal them. 
Challenge that. Is it the Lord's will to heal everyone? Yes. <laughs> Challenge that. Don't allow that thought that, oh, well, maybe, you know, they'll get, have you heard this? They'll get their healing when they get to heaven. If that's the case, if that's where we get our healing is in heaven, then Jesus didn't need to come. Come on, challenge those wayward, lazy, stupid thoughts. Last week we handed out, and I think we still have um, some extras available, uh, seven signs of a renewed mind. That, and on the other side was, I think, Joyce Myers. We just, you know, some scriptures for, um, I don't even remember. Anyway, good thinking. So this week we're going to focus on our ears. Be careful, little ears. How you hear and what you hear. And I got a picture of, uh, there's different headphones, yes? All right, there's some that are those little ones that just kind of dangle in your ears, right? There's some that go on the ears. There's some that go over the ears. Noise-canceling headphones. That's how you hear. What you plug in with that other end is what you hear. How you hear and what you hear is equally as important. So I want us to look over at Matthew chapter 13. Our key point for today is it takes hearing and understanding to produce that mighty harvest. Hearing and understanding. And I want to look at a common parable. We use it all the time for sowing seed. And we need to get out there and preach. And we need to sow the seed. And, and the reason why people don't receive the seed. But if we look at this in context, and again, I say this all the time. God is multifaceted. Which means he has way more knowledge than we can ever comprehend. And just when we think we got him figured out, look at this is it, this is it. He goes, here, peek over here at this. And shows you a whole nother side of that same truth. And you're like, oh, that's multifaceted. That you just, you think you finally got this. Okay, God, I know this one truth is this. And this is what it means. And he goes, yeah, but did you ever think about it like this? That's what this... The word does that. That's how it's living and active. And so this parable on the sower, yes, yes it is about sowing the seed and getting the seed out there and being careful that when you're sowing the seed, where you're sowing it, yes, and. When you look at it in context, it focuses more on us, the hearer, than it does on the sower. Yet it's called the sower. It's an ant. What ruffles my feathers, if I can say it that way, is preachers who get so, or, or believers that get so stagnant and, I don't know what else to say, but strong in their understanding that it only is this way. And it can't be any other way. And so then they go after everybody who's preaching any other way. God is an and God. He's an and. Now he's not and death. He's not and sin. 
That's, it's either life or death. But in life, you'll find the multiplication of life and the multiplication of life. So anyway, that was a freebie. Okay. In this, in this parable, he's telling Jesus, he sees a large crowds coming up to him. So he speaks this parable of the sower, gives this nice story. Some he sowed seed and it was on this page, sowed seed and this happened and he sowed seed and that happened. And then he belts out at the end of the parable, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Cricket, chirp, 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 And his disciples pressed in and went, um, uh, love these stories, but what does that mean? But the crowd was content to just, nice story, oh, I'm going to bed now, and off they go. And here's where the, the understanding, the and, Really, well, it's always important. Uh, let me just read it here. Notice that it was the crowd that didn't ask Jesus what the meaning was, but his disciples that pushed into him. The disciples were just content with just hearing without understanding. The disciples pressed in to hear the understanding. So let's read. Um, so you know the story. I'm going to give you, this is where Jesus then picked it up. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. Verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred sixty or thirty times what was thrown, what was sown. You see that? It's all about hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing and. Look at first the one, the first one hears, but it doesn't understand. Like the crowd, they were just content with just hearing, not pushing in to find out the meaning. That's where Satan will take that seed. I mean, I want you to picture it. The word spoken is a seed. If we don't pick up that seed and care for that seed, what's going to happen to that seed? Well, it dies and the enemy just goes, num, 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 num. I'll pick that right up. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. The one who hears but has no root. And also, think of yourself, you're a tank. Some are as big as a tank. But anyway, you're a tank. The one who hears and has no root, their tank is empty. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, can just be blown away. 
because there's nothing in their tank. It's empty. The one who hears but has thorns within them. They have soil in there, but they also have thorns in there. And those thorns have come by worry, anxiety, the cares of the world. Uh, let's say unmet expectations. I thought God was going to do this. I thought God was going to do that. And, and it grows thorns in there. And remember last week, this is that double-minded man. The double-minded man actually can render that seed, that word of God, useless. Ugh! It's like saying, shut up to God. <gasps> I know all the air just got sucked out of the room. <laughs> Could you, how many as a parent has ever had a child tell them to shut up or be quiet? Aha, yeah, yeah, we'll have a healing over here at the altar, okay? Yeah, I think I was the one that told my parents to shut up a few times growing up. Yeah, right? How absurd is that? You said what to me? Well, that's the same thing. We render his words useless. Oh, God, you no, know, no, 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 no. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I know what to do. It's those, those thorns that have built up over pain, hurt, disappointment, unmet expectations are probably one of the highest reasons for thorn buildup in a Christian's life. You thought this was going to happen. That's how we take offense against God. You're like, oh, I would never get offended by God. We do it all the time. We just don't like calling it that. Because we expected he was going to do this. I mean, we read it in, in, in the word. It says that he was going to do this, but he didn't do this. And now that it went by and, you know, thorn grows up. And then the fourth one, he hears and has good soil. His tank is full of good, full of God. He hears and understands. Luke's account actually says that that person that hears and understands are those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, take it, pull it back into themselves, and persevere, care for it, and put it to work. I mean, that was the PB amplified right there, but that's the whole definition, that they don't just let the words of God, the seeds of God, you know, get tossed out there and go, hmm, but they actually realize what power is in that, what um, promise is in that word, and they'll grab it, pull it in, and care for it and nurture it and not let Brenda try to raise No, I'm I kill every plant. I mean, I, sorry, I just got this. Lord, I know. It's supernaturally I have a green thumb. It's physically that just don't give me any more plants unless you're going to care for them in my house. So far, is Craig or Deandra here? No? Okay. They gave me a coffee plant. It's in a little coffee cup. When did they give that to me? It was for the um, Pastor Appreciation Month. 
And when they gave it to me, I went, uh, buddy, you just entered the death house, you know? I set it on the counter, and I told Brian, I'm just not going to look at it. But it's a coffee. I love coffee. And it's in a coffee cup, and it's this big. And the little tag says something like, you can't kill this, or, you know? And I'm like, hey, he's got it. He's still hanging on. And tell you, this is February, and he's still hanging on. But anyway, so in the spirit, I have a green thumb. It's just not in the physical realm. But that one that hears and seeks to, presses into, understand, is the one that picks up the word, draws it in, and cares for it. Now think about it. Like a seed, right? Like a seed, if God's word is seed, you have to pick up that seed and care for it, put it in the good soil, water it, get it sun, get it fertilizer, you know, make sure no weeds grow up around it, right? You have to care for it. You have to, right, tend to it, persevere for it, and then it will do its part when you do your part. He's the one, it says, that will produce a mighty harvest. A mighty harvest will come. Just sitting in church, hearing a message is not enough. Let's get that off the table. That's not enough. I said that to you a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. That you should be feeding your spirit man more than your physical man. Because what you feed grows and what you starve dies. If you're only coming in the church and getting the word of God once a week, you're already dying. If not a whitewashed tomb. You have to be feeding your spirit man more than your physical man. That means every day. Because I can't imagine any of you went a whole week without eating something. Ah, uh, no. That finger went right back this way too, okay? But you have to be, you, it's not enough to just hear and shrug your shoulders and throw it all back at God. Well, God, if you want that to grow in my life, you'll let it. Come on, we've heard that one before too, right? If it's God's will. Stupid. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm, mm, mm, pull that word right back in there. I'm not saying it. Okay, so just in case you're sitting here thinking that understanding the scripture is only for a select few, I want you to turn over in Luke chapter 8, same parable. Same parable of the sower. But a few verses here at the end of this parable that Luke records that Matthew didn't. Verse 16, red letters, Jesus goes on saying, right after the parable explanation, he goes right into this. Verse 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. What does that mean? Keep reading. Therefore, therefore, 
What he just said is there for this reason. Consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has, has what? Ears to hear and a willingness to press in to listen or to understand. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. In context, Jesus says, because he was just talking about the sower or the hearer. I don't care if you call the parable the hearer. It's the sower and the hearer. Who lights a lamp and hides it? There's nothing hidden, nothing that won't be disclosed. What is he talking about? In context, again, he gives parables, he gives seeds, he gives the word and sets it out. You want to just hear it or do you want to hear it and understand it? See, I, I'm not hiding the word from you. I'm not hiding the understanding from you, but it's only for those who come in that will see the light. When you press in like the disciples, um, you know, that, that was a good verse that I read this morning, but um, Lord, can we just sit here a minute and I want to just hear what the meaning of that is. He says, those ones who hear and seek to understand, come in to see the light, will be given more and more. But you just want to hear and you don't care about spending the time to seek me and know and understand, then even what you think you have, I'm taking that away from you. Where have you seen that before in the Bible? He is, he is not, some, somebody once said this to me. He loves being um, abundantly more than in everything he does, but he's never wasteful. That's why he, when he multiplied all the fish, he said, go pick up the leftovers. He will not throw out his seed to just lay around. That's why the enemy had to be quick to snatch it up. Because he knew, oh, I'm not leaving that one laying. I'll take that. You know, oh, I'll take that. Oh, fine. You don't want that? I'll take that. Whoever has, more will be given. How you listen to the word of God, hear and seek to understand, then more will be given. <laughs> I like, that's what I told you in these last probably two years, I might be stretching two years, maybe just over a year. It's like I, I'm, I can't stop writing more. There's times where I'll be worshiping and I have to grab my phone because two, three more messages came when I'm just trying to prepare my mind for preaching this one. It's because I not only value his word, I treat the care of it. Now, I don't like it when people um, misrepresent God and his words. Actually, it's funny. I'll say it because he's not in here. Um, Jacob, my oldest that's still in the house, is preaching in the children's ministry today. Now, he's done that before, but um, the second time he did it, he bombed tragically. And so Pastor Denny's been working with him at this next time 
you know, and he spent time up here with him to really put your thoughts together and when you stand and if you lose, you know, what you're saying and how to, you know, so he's been working with him. Well, so he got home kind of late last night and I went in his bedroom and I said, so you're, you're preaching tomorrow? He goes, yeah. I said, I'm going to hold you in um, prayer tonight and tomorrow because what you're about ready to do is deliver the, the very words of God. And I want you to feel the weight of that, that what you speak to those ears are as if God himself was speaking it. So if you misrepresent him, speak just because you wanted to laugh or exaggerated, you've misrepresented the very voice of God. And you're going to be judged, the Bible says, more severely for those that want to speak or teach. I said, so I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to be rolling around in your bed praying hard tonight too because it's not something we take flippantly. I said, I want you to feel the weight of God's words in your mouth when you preach tomorrow. And that's how we should be. God's word, it should be, you just don't. We need to get to the place where we tend to care for, like a seed given to us, every word of God. Whether it's something that he speaks to your heart, whether it's something he speaks to your mind, whether it, it's a word that you read, that you don't just gloss over it. Again, you've heard me say, please don't try to read fast so that you can check off your box. I did my chapter today or I did my three chapters. But even if you read one verse, read it and seek and press in to understand it. That's the one that's going to produce the mighty harvest. See, here it is. Now we're halfway through the message and, you know, I should be wrapping it up. But you're with me, right? Y'all okay? <gasps> Take a big deep breath. Okay, so we must be careful how we hear, hear and understand, and we must be careful about what we hear, what we plug those headphones into. Because changing what we hear can change not just our soul, our emotions, but also our vessel. It's related to our emotional and our physical health is directly related to what we hear. Again, be careful that you don't get sucked into gray areas. I know people want answers for everything. Well, you, you can't say that this sickness is caused by this sin. No, I can't, and I'm not trying to. I'm saying there's life or death. That's it. And I know from the word that our emotions and our, our emotions, our soul and our flesh has a direct link to what we hear. And I'll show that to you in a minute. But I want to first ask you to please be careful because if your soul, if your emotions are not healthy, um, it filters what you hear. That's how you can be, we're sitting in a, a room with many ears. I'm saying one thing, everybody's hearing something different because you're filtering it through your emotions, your past hurts, your current pain, your fight you just had with your spouse on the way to church, you know, whatever. Well, I heard what Pastor Brenda said. Blah, blah, blah. She didn't say that. 
okay? It's a filter. So if your emotions aren't healthy, you'll hear something different. So the very life-giving health seed word that you need, you can't even hear because you filtered it out before it even got there. So please be careful. It, it can be a negative filter. Uh, all right. Again, thinking of yourself as a tank, okay? Remember the good soil, the bad soil, the empty tank, the thorns, tank. The things you listen to are filling you up with good things, producing more good soil, or they're swallowing up good soil, like sucking like a vacuum, <sighs> sucking that good soil right out, leaving you an empty tank, or they're inserting those thorns in your soil that will choke out the word of God. What you hear. Here it is. Proverbs 16.24. Let me show you two scriptures. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. Is that a true statement? Does everybody believe that that's true? Pleasant words are good food for your soul and bring health to your body. So if the positive life-giving word of truth is true, then the opposite of that is equally true. So if the life-giving side, the positive sides are pleasant words are good food for your soul and bring health to your body, then the opposite of that is equally true, which would read negative words are bad for your soul and bring sickness to your body. What you hear is bad food, if it's negative, is bad food for your soul, for your emotions, and sickness to your body. Because if it has a positive, it has a, it, the opposite is just as true as the positive. It's one or the other. Anything less is a gray area. We can't live in gray areas. Another one, 3 John 1, 2. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. If that's true, the true statement, the life truth statement of that would be if your soul is healthy, if your emotions, your soul is healthy, you will be healthy in all things and you will be in good health. Healthy, healthy. So the opposite is just as true, which is if your soul is not healthy, you will not be healthy in other things and you will be sick in body. See, what you hear, our emotional and physical health is directly linked to what we hear. Those words spoken to us. I, I see little light bulbs going on. You're thinking of things that you was spoken over you in the past. You've seen come through in negative situations. And you feel like, well, I can never be anything other than what they had said over me, right? If that negative is true, then the positive of that is equally true. 
And see, I wanted a big whiteboard because I wanted to show you this. If it is life or death, if we truly believe there is only life or death, then if it's true over here, the opposite is equally true. So you want to find answers to why this or why that. You can do that if you want. I just don't waste time in trying to find all the answers. I just stand close to the one who has all the answers. So when I don't understand something and I've pressed in to seek as I'm still walking and hearing, if he gives me the answer, if he gives me the understanding, great. If he doesn't, I must not have needed to know that one. That's okay. I'm going to keep going. Instead of, listen, how can I say this nicely? <laughs> Sometimes I write it and I think, why can't I create an app that would make this sound really nice? <laughs> so I can type my message in, hit that app, and it would just filter niceties throughout it. Eh. Anyway, um, our emotional and physical health is directly linked to what we allow in, what we hear. Yet instead of taking responsibility for what we allow to come in and suck the life from us, we slap a bow on it and call it something other than death. We become a helpless victim. It's not our fault. His fault. Her fault. It's my genetic you know, whatever, and it's just, well, it was just, and it, it's either life or death. Uh, why Christians want to slap a bow on an ugly death? I don't even want to call it a present. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more. Uh, when did, and I've said this before, but when did it become okay to make others responsible for your emotional health. See, when we're going through something or we get hurt or something happens to us, we immediately want to take out the finger and start, it's his fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. Well, he said that and she did that and now we've made them responsible for how we respond bonded or our emotional health that's mm -mm. stop pointing your finger there should only be one accuser of the brethren and he likes pointing fingers you want to stand with him no, no. no. okay I, I know I, I don't preach that I like Facebook very much and I don't but I think it's hilarious how I can, outside of Facebook, be looking at some things or searching things online, jump on my Facebook, and all of a sudden I've got ads popping up on my Facebook feed for those things I was looking at outside of Facebook. You know what that is? It's target marketing, which is actually a formula, or uh, it's called an mm, algorithm, where they can calculate. You think you're not being watched. Oh, honey, you're being watched. Anyway, it's an algorithm. 
that actually can track what you search, what you um, click on, even what you pause on. It's out there and it will suck that up into target marketing, only those things. They're not going to, uh, pornography don't come up in my feed as a, you know, hey, single women are waiting for you or single men are waiting for you. It just don't. Now if that's popping up on your feed, the algorithm grabbed those from somewhere. But that's the same thing. What you've trained your ears to listen to, it will find. It will hear. I do that. You know, if you're only listening to junk, complaining, gossiping, slandering, fault finding, it will hear that everywhere. Everywhere. But if you've trained your ears to only hear good, I want to hear what God would hear. I want to hear like Jesus would hear. Then the minute junk tries to get in, you actually run from it. What? No, I don't want to hear. Well, it's true. What was that old song way back when that he, oh gosh, Mark Laurie, is that his name, Laurie? He did that song and it was so funny about, you know, he calls his neighbor up on the phone and God talks to him about, you know, you need to stop. That's gossip. And he's like, no, it's not gossip. Everything I say about my neighbor is true. <laughs> Train your ears to hear good. You'll find good. So if you wonder why you're always hearing junk, oh, change the algorithm. Change what you're pausing on, clicking on, and turning to. Be careful how you hear and be careful what you hear. Start hearing and seeking to understand. Remember, it's seed. He's sowing. He's sowing. So what are you going to do with it? Pick it up. Take care of it. Nurture it. <laughs> Water it. Feed it. Watch it grow. Make sure there's good soil in there. Get out all the junk. Get out the thorns. Fill it up with good. Fill it up with good. And remember, God does not hide the understanding from you. He wants you to hear and understand. That's the whole parable is about that. Because hearing and understanding is what produces the mighty harvest. So what you hear, stop listening to death. Remember, grumblers, complainers, fault finders, slanderers kept that 40-day journey into the promised land from being 40 days and turned it into 40 years. Get the junk out. Get the junk out. Your emotional and physical health is directly linked to what you hear. So what we're going to do, we're, um, I've talked to four people today well, over the last few days. Um, we've been praying. We've been, um, did this ourselves. We prayed for each other, took communion together. We anointed each other. We prepared and ready so that I'm not going to have the whole altar prayer team. Only these four and myself are going to pray with you just because we've been through this. 
we did this. But I want you, we're going to have a cleansing, let's call it that. You ever drank one of those little things and everything that went in had to go that way? Sorry for the picture you just got, but that's what we're going to do this morning. Except, let's, let's picture going out the toes, okay? So, God good, this way, in, and bad, junk, out the toes. Let's, let's see it going out the toes, okay? N not that way. But this is just it. This is a picture. I want you to get ready. I want everyone to be prayed for. Because like I said, I, I really feel that this is going to be the shift. This is going to be the breakthrough. Him coming in like a flood breakthrough that's going to change what's been the enemy's been trying to orchestrate in your life. Let me say it that way. That he might have come in one way, but he's going to flee a thousand different ways when we surrender for the flood. God, your flood, your cleansing, your washing over me. And it's not a... You ever get one of those tall cups like this and you can't get your fat, short little hand in there to clean the bottom of it, right? Okay, some of you are, yes, I know. And you're like, how am I... And so you turn on the faucet, you're like, well, that's not doing anything. You know, it's, it's touching that stuff, but it's not like getting it out of there. Until you get that Tim the Tool Man sprayer. <laughs> right? And then it breaks that stuff up and flings it out. That's the picture I want you to see today. God in, good in, junk out. It can't stay. It runs. Actually, the five of us were talking after first service and we were praying for each other. Because I told him, I said, be open that if God gives you a word, and I'm instructing you right now. When you come up, don't pray about anything. Don't, just don't say anything except God in. God in, junk out, okay? If they get a word and they start speaking, we're going to bind that word or God, you know, forgive us over that thing and wash that thing out. Don't feel like you have to defend it. Oh, well, that happened 10 years ago and I already asked for forgiveness for that. Just Junk out, got in, junk out, okay? But after first service, when we were talking, I'm like, so was there a lot of negative? And they're like, no, not really at all. But when we don't focus on the negative, we only focus on God, the positive life, death can't stay. You know, it's the light and dark thing. You know, you don't go over there to the switch and, you know, struggle, light, come on. It's just on, darkness gone. You know, it's that simple. That's what we're going to be praying. So we're not focusing on junk. We're focusing on God. Like the hose in, okay? Junk gone. So we're going to open up the altars. You come up to one of us. We're going to pray that through you. You're just receiving, receiving, receiving. After we feel like you're done, we're going to pray the Holy Spirit in you, overflowing in you. And then we're going to send everybody one at a time when we're done praying with each one to take communion by yourself. Take your communion, get at the altar, or get in your seat, and you really use the communion time to, one, thank Jesus for the cleansing, thank him for his sacrifice, thank you for you know the cleansing that you give him, thank you for the Holy Spirit, but also a recommitment time. New covenant. 
It's a new you today, new covenant, new commitment. Uh, the Brenda that walked in here is not the same Brenda that's walking out of here. You know, the Denny that walked in here is not the same Denny that's walking out of here. You know, it's a new you. I love that. Amy brought that song, and I didn't even know she had written a new song. It's a new day. I love it. God is just so good. So we're going to instruct you then to go over, take communion, and then wait and worship. Worship. That means setting with him to understand. God, you're speaking words today. I just want to sit on your lap and hear. So don't be quick to run off. Actually, I asked Jody, you locked those doors, right, Jody? Nobody's getting out. Good man. All right, would you stand? I'm going to pray over you. These four are going to come up, join me up at the altar, and then just start pulling in. You've got music you're going to play for us in the back so the worship team can actually. Um, of course, they did first service too. So uh, We're just going to press in. Remember, you're receiving, cleansing, coming in. In with good, out with the bad. In with the good, out with the bad. Father, we thank you right now. For your word is so simple. I just love it. You are such a big God. And you love us so much. You bend down and whisper to us. God, just cause our, our hearts right now, our vessels right now to be open before you. Ready to just, Lord, have you wash through us. Wash through us, God. Wash out any junk, wash out any bitterness, wash out any unforgiveness, wash out any offenses, wash out any uh, lies that we've held on to, hurts, pains, whatever, God. Wash it out, wash it out, wash it out, and fill us up, fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray right now that you begin moving, 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 moving over each one here today. Moving, moving, moving. God, moving, moving, moving. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way right now. Have your way, have your way.